Hello, weird internet friend. I want to share a very cozy and inspiring story with you. There once was a man who was known as Mr. Dumpling. Mr. Dumpling immigrated all the way over from former Czechoslovakia, where he trained as a German sausage maker. Eventually, over time, he opened a butcher shop of his own. Eager to keep their culture alive and not wanting anyone to miss out on some good gravy, Mrs. Dumpling insisted they include traditional Czechoslovakian bread dumplings with every roast they sold. The dumplings were a hit. They became so popular that Mr. Dumpling himself began selling them out of a red wagon throughout the city. And that is how our favorite dumpling house, Chateau Dumplings, started back in the mid-1900s right here in Chicago. Chateau Dumplings are so good. We are in love with them and always have been. Since they're basically a delicious gravy sponge, they make for the perfect accompaniment for meats and stews. No gravy shall be left behind. They also make for the tastiest of holiday stuffing as they're perfectly moist, never soggy, and always extra cozy. Chateau dumplings are local to Chicago grocers like Jewel and Mariano's, but to shop online and peruse recipes, please head to www.chateaufoods.com. Hi there. Welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. My name is Michelle. And my name is Lauren, and we are your hosts. Hey, host. Hey, host. <laughs> this is our version of a radio talk show, and every week you can join us for a sisterly chat where we talk about literally everything. We're going to tackle current events, what's going on in the world around us. We'll share some personal insight and stories, and of course, share random bits of things we think you should know along with whatever else sisters talk about. There's a lot. So mm -hmm. if you're into easy listening, lots of laughing and some inspiration sprinkled throughout, we are going to be fast, weird internet friends. Welcome. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome to Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm your host, Lauren Massarella, being joined by my co-host and sister, Michelle Anderson. Michelle, yeah. tell us, yeah. how was your COVID Christmas? <laughs> It blew ass. Okay. <laughs> Let me, I'm just going to give it to you real straight. It was shock and horror when we uh, saw the man of the house test positive for COVID on Christmas morning. Everyone's dreams were quickly shattered. No, Christmas shattered. Eve. Christmas, Christmas Eve morning. Eve, the morning of Christmas Eve. Yes. When, when our family is meant to gather. Yeah. And this year, we were going to grandpa in the towers and I, we were excited for the to be first together. time ever for the first time ever. It was going to be a fab family event and crushed. I mean, tears were a flowing that night and then it got a little bit better, but I'm not going to lie guys. I've never felt more alone. Anyway, how was yours? How was your house? I mean, I was sad for you guys. It had to be very lonely because our whole family was together. Together. Even your in even your in-laws. Even my in-laws. Even my in-laws. Yeah. But you guys weren't there. And now we're recording separately because you guys have COVID at your house. Yep. We have been infi infiltrated. I feel like I need to put a big C on my front door. It's true, right? Like, like put a big red C. Yeah. So are you still in the clear? You're in the clear. We had a scare with you because that test, you know, almost mm -hmm. makes it look, look like you've got a couple lines in there, but you just had one line for yourself. Yeah, just one line, uh, negativo, uh, had a couple of phantom symptoms that put everybody into a tailspin, yep. but um, turned out I still seem to be indestructible with the COVID. I mean, I faced it head on <laughs> a lot. <laughs> 
I don't want to knock on wood. Good for you. Food. Yeah, don't don't jinx yourself. I'm trying. I'm trying. And uh, you know, we we really really missed you guys. It was we would be we were all excited to be together, but then we'd have like moments yeah. of sadness. You did. Did you guys? We were wondering. We're like, do they even care? Or have they yes. Just gone on we were so us? sad. We were sad that you weren't there. Then we. Were, I was like sad for you that you were just home alone home alone with a husband with COVID and two 13 year olds who are embarking on their, uh, not hanging out with parents time. So you so were, I, you were really alone. I was like, Oh, by myself in the kitchen, <laughs> just like hanging out. Like I did a shot of whiskey. I did. I would have too. I would have too. But I really like how, when you told us that Mia is better now that she knows everyone left grandpa in the tower's house, then she like had yeah. a quick turnaround. Uh, because the FOMO, Lauren, I've never seen anything like it. She, it, it was like officially, as soon as you guys all were gone, then she knew that you guys weren't together having fun together. So she could finally feel happy again. She really wasn't feeling happy for anyone that day. No, she was not happy that we were together. No, that's no, okay. No. I wouldn't either have been. I understand yeah. her. I understand where she was coming from. We definitely missed you, but I will say, yep. <laughs> sorry. That it was so good. <laughs> Our food was so good. We did um, the seven fishes like we usually do. What was your favorite this year? It's an Italian fit. It's an Italian thing. I love Dad's crab salad in the endive with a little mm. paprika sprinkled over it. You guys, it's just a very basic like crab out of a can, like almost it's like lump. a tuna. It's yeah, a really light though. And he literally puts in like scallions and a little mayonnaise and a little must like mustard Dijon. Mm. It's so easy. And then my clam broth was unbelievable. You know, they, dad heard, and Debbie have, I heard it have, was unreal. Who'd you hear from? Nicole. It was so good. Dad and Debbie have a funny way of being like, okay, you guys, we're having clams for dinner. Lauren, you're making it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't but you know. you nailed it. But it's so easy. Like anyone can do it. All you do is we had six pounds of, they call them pasta clams. So they're really mm. small. I mean, the clams inside are tiny. And all you do is saute in olive oil, garlic, fennel, and onion with the red pepper, simmer, get fragrant, throw in your diced Yum. cherry tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of let it just chill for a while because we wanted to make it right when we were about to eat them. And then once we were ready, we poured in the wine. And then a little bit of fish mm. stock that Debbie made that was made with the shrimp shells from her shrimp her Dijon, Dijon dish, which too, which, which is so which good. Kicks ass. Kicks ass. So she made that broth, which gives it like this umptuous, like more flavorful um, roundness yeah. to it. Oh, and then so once I know, I know, I feel like, um, what's her name? That little Lydia, the Amanda, Italian lady. Amanda Pock. Oh, yeah, <laughs> her too. And then you put the clams in, and then you get really nervous because the clams aren't opening right away, but you put the, the, the lid on and then they all open and it was such a freaking hit. So easy. And then chunks of bread, dip and sip and eat. My mouth all, is watering. Like I want to make it right now. Well, it seemed like the heart, the toughest critic of all, our dad really enjoyed them based on Nicole's imitation of them at the counter. I want more clams. I was like, <laughs> all right, coming right now. Now, you know, clam. yeah, but all in all Christmas was good. And I think we'll save more to talk about in our next episode. Yeah. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about, but we'll have a whole episode, um, about more about Christmas and new year's and whatnot. But this episode, we are mm. focusing on human design, which 
you know, I heard about human design, gosh, randomly earlier this year, some lady just asked me if I look on TikTok and watch the human design stuff. I said, no, but then I got into it. And then we were um, contacted by Erin Claire Jones, which was awesome because she really, she introduced the topic on a much larger and deeper scale for us. And I don't know about you, Michelle, but I, I'm really into it. Oh, it's one of my favorite topics. And it's one of my favorite conversations of 21. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I just, I can't wait for people that don't know what this is, what, what this is, um, learn about it for the first time, because it's like something that every single person needs to know about themselves. Yeah. And what's neat about this there, you know, it's like, well, what is human design? I'm not even going to try to explain it because Aaron's going to do that for us. Yeah. But it's like a combination of like the exact time, date, and location of your birth tied with astrology, tied with yeah. all these, like the, I think the Quran is part the, of it. The I chakras mean, play yes, into it. Like it's yes, everything. There's a, it's like everything boiled down into one thing. It's relatively newer too. I think the coolest part about the whole conversation was she offered us like, what was it? Like a 55 page, like manifest of our own human design, which, you know, most of, and what she says about it too, she says, you know, like, this is not a precise, like manifest of exactly who you are. You take the bits and the pieces that speak to you and kind of like implement those into your life or use them as you make decisions, figure out what are your next moves in life. Um, and for those of you who are listening, if you are actually interested in getting one of her complete human design um, breakdowns blueprints. and blueprints, she calls it a blueprint. Yep. Yeah. So for those of you who are interested in a blueprint of your own, Erin Claire was kind enough to offer us a 10% discount and the code is COZY, C-O-Z-Y, and it will give you 10% off of your blueprint from Erin Claire Jones or a spot in her next flow workshop, which I don't know much about the workshops, but if you go on her, um, on her website, on erinclairjones.com, everything is there. You can follow her at erinclairjones as well. We'll put everything in the show notes so that you have them. And I hope that this interests our listeners as much as it interested us. I think going into the new year, you know, whether you're setting intentions or looking to kind of just dive a little deeper into who you are as a human. This is a really cool opportunity to kick Mm -hmm. things off for 2022. And hopefully 2022 will be really different from 2020 and 20. Please God, please. We're really close to being off to a slow start. (laughs) Get past this hump. God help us But you guys, we really hope that you enjoy this conversation. She is filled with so much knowledge and she's so soothing to listen so, to and to talk to, to so calm right so calm I really enjoyed her presence and I'm just excited for people I mean she's blown up on Instagram because so many people are into this topic so you guys without further ado I want you guys we want you guys to dive into this conversation check out Erin Claire Jones her website her workshops her Instagrams give her a follow and every day she posts stuff about you know the different what, what do we call them? Type human of design. human design. And you'll find what you're reading. You're like, oh my God, that totally relates to me. And some might not, but some definitely will. So we hope you guys enjoy this conversation and stay cozy. When we had our first conversation and we chatted a little bit that I had heard about 
human design in a random conversation with like basically a stranger that I met. Michelle, you are very new to this concept. No, never. You've never never even heard of it? No, no. And then Aaron, you dropped in our inbox and we were like, oh, everything's aligning. Yes, please come join us and tell us everything about human design. So we are thrilled that you're going to kind of educate us and our listeners on what human design is, perhaps how it started and everything in between. Aaron, can you, let's first talk about actually how you found your way into human design and then we'll break down human design. Perfect. So I found my way into human design very serendipitously. I don't think I really could have envisioned this as my career path or my plan. Um, I was, I live in New York and basically in 2015, I was at a gathering in the backyard of my friend and I met a stranger and the stranger was like, I would love to read your human design. And I had never heard of it before. It was like, so not in the mainstream at all then. Not a, not that it is now, but it definitely is more now. Um, but I was like, okay, tell me everything. You know, like I, I feel like I've always been curious to learn about myself. And he gave me a little meaning reading on the spot and it was so resonant, but it was also so confronting. I was like, this all makes so much sense Mm -hmm. and I'm not really living any of it, you know, and I really haven't allowed myself to step into any of it. And he ended that conversation by being like, I think that you're meant to do this. And I think that we're meant to like work together and like human design is not predictive. So it's not that, but I think he did observe a lot of compatibility. And so I actually did end up Um, building a business with him around human design for two years. And then I started my own practice in 2018. And, you know, and when I first started studying it and sharing it, it was so new, it was so out there, but I think I was very drawn to just how tactical, grounded and practical the system was. And so it made sense to me pretty immediately, but I, I was very much invited in, in just such a weird, random, amazing way. Erin, question, did you, were you into like tarot or astrology or anything of the sort prior to being introduced to human design or was this kind of the first of the bunch? I have always been into mystical stuff, but mostly, mostly on the side for myself. Like I came from a business background, you know, and so like I would bring tarot cards to work, you know, but I wasn't like, um, I wasn't reading tarot or anything like that. So I, it definitely didn't feel out there for me, but I think actually integrating it into my work did feel a little bit out there, you know? And I think for me, human design Mm -hmm. was such a beautiful bridge of the practical and the mystical in a way that was so appealing to me. So tell us a little bit about human design and how I'm I'm dying to know what this gentleman told you, right? That felt so, I guess my, our, our main question here is what was he telling you that you were like, oh my God, that makes so much sense, but I'm not applying it to my life. Hmm. So for those new, which I imagine many are, human design is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint and how you're wired to operate at your best. It's not predictive. It just lets us know how we work. And so I think what he told me that day is one, he was like, Aaron, you're really not here to be a doer. You are much better suited to be a leader, a guide, a manager than you are like a consistent doer. And he's like, and so much of your wisdom is around people and asking the right questions. And for me, like, I think people was always my interest. Like even at all the companies I worked with, like I was just the one that people vented to. I was always like, how do they work better together? And so I think to have that so clearly articulated was very powerful. And I also had Mm -hmm. spent a lot of my life trying to be the doer. And so I was like, is there really another way? Um, He also called out pretty early on that I wasn't really meant to make decisions spontaneously. 
and I had been really impulsive in my life and also really regretful. And he was like, Aaron, for you, clarity comes with time. The best thing that you can do is sleep on it and feel into it. And I had resisted that, but I was just like, oh gosh, yes. You know, like that makes so much sense. Um, And also he talked about the importance of feeling really invited in and recognized by the people that I worked with, the people that I partnered with. Mm. And so there were just like these really simple tenets, I guess, that I was like, that all makes so much sense. But I also haven't ever seen that I could like build a successful career doing that. You know, like I had been so much in the hustle and chasing after and initiating and impulsive. And like some people thrive in that. I just wasn't one of those people. Yeah. So then Erin, you gave, you provided Michelle and I both with blueprints of mm-hmm. our human design, which were fascinating. Made, answered so many, clear, cleared things up so much. But there's, <laughs> there's so much information. So with this blueprint and the one that you were read on the spot, were you given similar information? When you do a reading on the spot versus provide a blueprint, like how you provided Michelle and I, this is like a 60 something little booklet. Um, it's very thorough. Are the on the spot blueprints the same or is he getting a feel for you or when you are doing your readings with people, are you getting a feel for the people's energy or is it strictly based on just the location, time and um, date of your birth? So our human design chart is strictly based on our time, date, and place of birth. But I think, you know, so much of the magic of human design is in the delivery. And so Mm -hmm. I think what he shared that night, you know, I I can't remember specifically how he delivered it, but I think that, and he knew nothing about me. Um, So it was very much like, this is, yeah, but I I think the magic, he didn't know anything. So mm-hmm. it was based on none of that. I, I think that when I sit with people for sessions, you know, I have their human design chart up and that will be the foundation of what I offer. But, you know, the magic of talking with someone is hearing where they are, what they're going through, and then kind of exploring all the aspects of their design that are relevant to that. And so I think mm-hmm. that it is definitely a different experience having a conversation because I get to weave it into everything that's actually happening in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, so I will very Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well, I'm, we're super excited because I know that there's four types of designs and yeah. or, right, right. And Michelle and I are both generators Correct. and we would love to hear maybe a little bit more about the generator type as well as the three other types of, yeah. of human designs. Perfect. So there are actually five types, but some people say four, so it's not wrong, but generators and manifesting generators are two separate ones, but some people collapse them into one. So let's start with the two of you, because I would love to hear, you know, you guys didn't know your designs when we last chatted. So I'd love to hear (laughs) now that you've been confronted with such a thorough document, how those things are actually resonating. Um, So in terms of being generators, so for the two of you, it means that you naturally carry such creativity, energy, life force. An ideal day for you is one where you wake up energized and excited. You use up your energy throughout the day in ways that feel deeply satisfying to you, whether it's who you're spending time with or what you're working on, and you drop into bed satisfied and fulfilled and kind of wake up energize. And the more you use up your energy in ways that feel good and exciting to you, the more energy that you have, the more you magnetize to you, the more momentum you'll feel. But if you're saying yes to things just because you think you should, it will drain your battery so quickly. So one of the biggest lessons for both of you is around prioritizing your own excitement and joy and seeing that not as selfish, but as the thing that will allow you to have the biggest impact in the world. And also around having strong boundaries, knowing that like just because somebody asks doesn't mean that you're meant to do it, like really honoring what your gut is telling you about whether or not you're actually available for that thing. 
And one other really key piece for the two of you as generators is that both of you are very magnetic in your design. You guys are not meant to go after and chase after things and initiate and force. You're really meant to do what you love and do what feels satisfying and pay attention to what shows up in your world that lights you up. And once you get lit mm-hmm. up and response to something, go after that thing and make it happen. You know, but it, it, and also the more lit up you are, the more magnetic you will become. Wow. You know, you know that that orgasm scene in When Harry Met Sally when Meg Ryan screams, <laughs> "Yes, yes, yes." Is that how you feel? That is how I um, resp- am responding to what you just said and my human design. I have a question in regards. To- <laughs> we need to pull out the rubber sheets, basically. I have a question about um, generators and what you just said in regards to how certain types of designs, and you mentioned ours, that they kind of feed off of being really creative, waking up, feeling fueled and ready to go. But I guess my question would be, and this just came to me just now, don't, I can't wait to hear your answer because I would think that don't all humans want to wake up feeling that way and moving throughout the day or are certain designs, do they just work so differently than that? Mm. So I think it probably is ideal for all of us to wake up excited, you know, and like, and ready to go. (laughs) You know, I think that probably feels good for many of us, but not every design has that need to like actually use up their energy throughout the day. Like I would say for the two of you, if you don't actually use up your energy in satisfying ways, it will be hard to sleep. You'll go to bed, you'll feel restless, you'll feel depleted. Like not like for me, like I don't have like a thing where I'm like, I gotta use it up. It's more like, okay, like, you know, it's like ebbing and flowing. But for the two of you, you've got such a powerful resource of your of energy that your job is to use it up in ways that feel good so you can sleep soundly at night. Resonates with me so much because for 20 years, I felt Mm. depleted and exhausted. And especially when I became a mom and I was still doing this thing, working and just unfulfilled and literally wanting, I think my, I was supposed to be a leader in somebody else's eyes, but that is so naturally what I am not designed to do. And then I, I don't want to ramble. I don't want to hog the time, but (laughs) when you wrote about, I'm getting like excited and kind of nervous right now. Like I just didn't feel an alignment with my life then. And everything in here made so much sense to me because now I do. And I understand why in some of my darkest moments, why I built rebuilt a house for my mom when she was dying or while my mom was Mm. suffering, I had to sing with this band because it was the thing that literally gave me joy and sort of just substituted the things that were hurting me or hard at that time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This everything in here resonates so much. Mm. Thanks. Thanks guys for listening. Oh my God. I such a beautiful, I'm happy to hear that. it's such a beautiful example. And it's also a reminder for you that like prioritizing your own joy in that way will give you energy to do everything else because the, the mm-hmm. intention is not to like be like a hundred percent lit up by every single thing you do every day. Like there will be things that yes. are annoying that you're responsible for, but it's not about like having those things be a hundred percent, you know, it's more like, how can yes. I create time for myself so much so that it will ripple out and kind of create so much energy for my kids and my family and my yes. colleagues and all of it. I work with so many generator parents who like have really stopped prioritizing their own satisfaction and they're so burnt out, you know, and they feel very guilty for it. And it's really kind of the lesson that when they really create space for that, they become such better parents, you know, because they have so much 100%. more energy and so much more uplifting. Absolutely. I couldn't get out of bed. There was a period of time where getting out of bed, I like, got out of bed right before I started. But mm. yeah, my day started and now my day starts 
so much earlier and it's just different and then it just falls in place. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. I'm loving this. I love that <laughs> Michelle feels the way that she feels after having spent so many years working in an unfulfilling career. And then of course, you know, going through what we went through with our mom who was sick and she led, you know, kind of took the rain or very much so took the reins there, but that you're able to see Michelle that you had to like fill up your bucket in other places in order to have a bit more of a fulfilling life. Mm -hmm. And I bet had you had a blueprint of the sorts prior to sooner, much sooner, you would have been able to, you know, implement some of these things or really look deeply into what you needed to, I'm assuming Aaron, that people use human design in moments where they're having darker times in life, where they're not feeling fulfilled, or they ju- are they they don't like feel looking. like they're being a good a great parent. How do how do you find that the people that you work with implement or come to you looking for human design and help in that area in their life? Yeah, I mean, I think it's both. You know, I think when people are experiencing resistance, whether it's in their family, their work, or anything, it's really useful to just be like, "What's going on? Like, how am I operating out of alignment here?" And I think human design is so revealing where it's like these are all the areas in which you're perhaps not listening to yourself or not honoring how you uniquely are wired to make it happen. So I think in moments of resistance or transition, it's super useful. But I also find that for people that are actually in a lot of flow in their lives, it can be so validating because it basically gives them a language to be like, this is why it's working, you know? And like, I've discovered Mm. it myself because we often do discover and live our human designs naturally. But I think human design gives us a language for it. I often say with human design, I'm never telling any anything like anyone anything that they don't know. It's more about giving them a language and a framework to kind of mm. understand things they've always felt but never had a language for. Yeah, I found I I was fascinated by a couple of things too with in regards to the blueprint. Michelle and I were talking before we started recording about when you're in your wisdom and when you're in your shadow. Mm. And can you? I just love the way that sounds. I too. love it. It's so witchy because you know yes. we're witches here. See, look at that lady. <laughs> <laughs> and how can you dive a little deeper? I would love. We'd love to hear you talk about more. Like, how do you know when you're in your wisdom? I'm going to take a guess that you probably can feel it. And how do you? And same thing within your shadow. But when do you? How can you use your human design to move further into your wisdom and less out of and more out of your shadow? Yeah, I think that we often do feel it. And for every type in human design, there are signals that reveal whether you're kind of off track. And so for the two of you, it would be frustration. For me, it would be bitterness. Mm. Um, But I think that the point of the blueprint is to actually like articulate what the shadow and the wisdom of all these pieces are so that when you start to go into the shadow, you're like, oh, I see exactly what's happening. And because I know exactly what's happening, it's so much easier for me to move out of it. You know, like for me, for okay. example, one of the biggest shadows of my human design is being super overzealous and just like not knowing when to stop working or stop doing. But because I know it's such a tendency and because my fiance knows it's such a tendency, like it's so much easier to call myself out for it, set those boundaries and have him acknowledge when it's happening. So I think that mm. like knowing what our shadow is allows us to move out of it. The point is never to be 100% in the wisdom, but it's to become aware okay. of the spectrum so that you can use your design to kind of get out of it, get out of it when the time comes. It's literally like a, it's like a manual. It's like a custom 100%. made handbook designed for you. And I feel like there's this huge dose of mindfulness too, because you need to be and listening to how your body and your brain are, like you said, like shifting into a space where you're like, oh, I'm moving into the dark side. I yeah. have to find, you know, now that you know it, you acknowledge it and kind of shift your way out of it.
Hey Michelle, you want to know what my favorite functional accessory is? I already know. It's that Marlo and Olive Turkish towel of yours. I'm pretty obsessed with mine too. What do they call it? A Peshtimel? That's right, a Peshtimel, because it is so much more than just a towel. I am totally obsessed with them. I always travel with one because they have so many uses. I use it for a blanket, a wrap, a bathing suit cover-up. Plus, there's always one in my car because every car needs a blanket, just in case. Now that's good thinking. I'm loving their hair towels. They're so much better for your hair, super absorbent, and I honestly feel like it makes my hair less frizzy. The Peshtimels are so soft and cozy. I love the idea of having a basket of them and bringing them outside to wrap ourselves with when sitting around the bonfire. And of course, I love snuggling up with one while reading my favorite book. Oh, that sounds nice. And honestly, Lauren, every human on planet Earth should have a Peshtimel. They are so versatile. They come in a variety of patterns and sizes. Marlo and Olive will even add fleece to any Peshtimel to make them even more cozy. They can also custom embroider any item. These Turkish treasures make for such great gifts for everyone, from babies to bridesmaids to grandmas. So this holiday season, shop local, shop small, shop women-owned businesses. Shop Marlo and Olive at www.marloandolive.com. Oh, and for all of our Cozy Convo listeners, use our code, COZYLIFE, to get 15% off of your very first purchase. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned generator. Yeah. Can you, is there a way, I don't know how you can do this. Can you say each yeah. type and say like what kind of person is underneath one of those? Yeah, I think that I can just tell you some of the characteristics. Like people are going to express yes. those types so differently, you know? Um, Perfect. So there are also manifesting generators, which are quite similar to the two of you. The difference with manifesting generators is they're often quite multi-passionate, where they like having their energy in a lot of things at once. They're pivoting kind of quickly in between different things. Their gift is moving very fast, but often not handling every single step along the way. So it's good for them to feel supported by other people in that. I think so often these people have been made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much or like they're not choosing just one path when like they are indeed meant to be super multi-passionate, super multifaceted. Like that's actually how they thrive. So this is often so relieving for people to be like, oh yeah, great. And also like, I don't, you know, this is perfect for me. I also don't need to expect others to move as fast or do as much, you know, but like really honoring that for themselves. There are projectors projectors are really here to be leaders, guides, advisors, teachers, not here to do all the doing. So as projectors, our energy will really operate in ebbs and flows. So I don't really have the energy to like make it happen all day long, but it's like leveraging the energy when it's there, resting when it's not, not finding my worth and how hard I work, how much I do, but really in my perspective and how I see, you know, projectors are so attuned to other people and so gifted at asking the right questions, which often makes them makes them amazing coaches, therapists, guides, managers, CEOs. And the strategy for projectors is to be recognized and invited in. So to really invest their energy in people that deeply see them, value them, recognize them. Mm-hmm. But knowing like part of your work as a projector is to let yourself be seen in the world so the right invitations can come. Then we've got manifestors. Everything making sense so far? A hundred percent. I'm just, I'm dialed in. Okay, I'm yeah. just like this. It's fascinating. It's I kind so- of connect with the manifesting generator a lot. Well, th- I was going to ask, why don't we? Yeah, we'll wait till we'll wait till yeah, you're done. I've got a question, but I want to hear the last of the types. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so two more. We've got manifestors. Manifestors are really here to be the initiators, the innovators, the ones that are really here to kind of get things started, get the ball rolling. Not always here to do all the doing themselves, but often here to get things off the ground. 
manifestors really thrive when they feel freedom, autonomy, and control. Like they are not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms, in their own way. Their energy will often operate in creative bursts where they can make a lot happen very quickly, but then need to kind of pull away and be alone and take rest. So, um, and that burst could be over a day, a couple hours a week. Um, And their strategy is about initiating. So really kind of honoring the urges that arise within them and really following them. Um, and just making sure to kind of keep the people around them in the loop of what they're doing so they can feel a little bit more ease in their relationships. And the final type is a reflector. Reflectors are the most rare and they are really our collective mirrors. These are people that are incredibly sensitive to their physical space. And so they're basically always taking in and magnifying the spaces that they're in. So you really get a good sense of how a team is doing or company or community, but just by how that reflector is showing up. And so it's so important for them to be such ruthless curators of their spaces and their people. The magic of reflectors is in their fluidity. They have periods where they will feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a manifestor, like a projector. And their job is never to show up in just one way or be just one thing, but honor whatever feels authentic to them that day and really kind of allow it to change. Okay, Go ahead. The reflector kind of sounds amazing. Super cool. That's like a superhero. Yeah, that one might be my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) There, you know, and now RG. Yeah. I was just going to say, no, I just realized my question. I was going to say, Lauren, it might also, the reflector one is, and again, there's so much nuance underneath type. Type is just the first piece. It's so useful. And also just the first piece, like Uh for you, Lauren, you know, there are some, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you resonated with the flexibility piece in terms of expressing yourself differently around different people and different times in in your lives, because in your design as well, even though you're a generator, you've got a very fluid sense of identity and sense of self. You know, and so again, there's just like all this nuance underneath it. Um, But those are kind of, you know, high level manifesting generators and generators, the creative doers, projectors, the advisors, leaders, guides, manifestors, the initiators and innovators and reflectors, kind of the mirrors and evaluators. So neat. And Michelle, I think you and I have the same question in regards to how you were saying that you feel kind of like you related or um, felt a connection with the generator manifestor. So is, is human design at all alike or dissimilar to astrology where you have different like sun signs and moon signs that are, and you are, you do have that, um, correlation with other signs other than just the one you were born under. And almost sort of like blends with the Ayurvedic philosophy of doshas, right? Wasn't she talking about that as well? It's all so freaking cool. So it is, you know, Basically, we will have one primary type, but there are so many layers underneath it that will give a lot more nuance to it. You know, like I was saying at the beginning, some people actually group manifesting generators and generators together. Very similar, you know? And so I would say for both of you, if you're like, I love doing lots of things at once, like I'll never tell you not to do it. If it works for you, absolutely do it. I think my big question for both of you, if you feel that way, is like, do you have energy for them all right now? You know, because it might be a thing where it's like, because you guys are both very easily inspired and also potentially easily scattered in your design because there's so much that can excite you. And so I think just like dropping into your gut to be like, but what actually deserves my energy right now? And it might not be everything, but really kind of getting so clear on what that thing is. That makes, see, that resonates so much with me because I, so I'm, I, Michelle and I have our business, the sister project, and we're podcasting. I'm also a yoga teacher. My husband's pulling me in a direction to do some film work with him. And I love all of it. My problem is, is prioritizing. How can I get it all done? I've got so much I want to do for each thing, but I put a lot of my eggs in 
the sister project. And, and this is going to help me. I have a very strong feeling when I reread my blueprint again, I'm going to learn a lot more on how I can be more efficient with my energy. Mm. Is that how I should be? Is that how we should be using our blueprint? I mean, there's so many ways to use it, but I, I would say like, because the blueprint is like literally a book to you, it's not about integrating all, all at once. Like I would open it at moments okay. and kind of see what pieces feel the most resonant and supportive and kind of start exploring those. Um, I would just say in terms of what you're sharing, like, like I said, you guys are both so easily inspired, which is such an amazing gift, but like, I would imagine that for both of you, you need some kind of structure to your days, like, and not overwhelmingly so, but like ding, ding, ding. just getting super clear on like what the priorities are, because if there are, if there are not clear priorities, like your energy could go in a bajillion different directions and you might end the day being like very inspired, not entirely sure what I accomplished, but I think that I made things happen. But I think just like getting really clear, like these are the two to three things that I want to do today. And these are the things that will leave me feeling the most satisfied at the end of the day. So I'd get really clear on that. I love that. I think also just like as a generator in general, like, you know, I get really clear on the aspects of the process and each of the things that you're doing that feels the most satisfying and exciting to you. I'm kind of really making sure you're prioritizing that. You might not have a chance to kind of delegate all the other pieces yet, but I think just becoming aware of like, this is the piece that I love about this is our project. This is the piece that I love about this thing. So I can really kind of dial in on those things and delegate when it's time. You mentioned something earlier about sometimes we figure out our blueprint without having the language. 100%. And I kind of felt like, as I was reading this, I'm like, I, I, I did figure it out. It took me quite some time, but I was recognizing the shadow feeling and started to do the things to make the change, to put my, to slip myself into where I feel like is my alignment. I do want to go back to what you were talking about, Lauren, earlier as your, her sister, from my perspective, I would notice Lauren's multi-passion and, and, and I would never tell anybody to not follow their passions, but would worry sometimes like, how the heck is she going to produce this thing and write this book and do our blog and all these things. But I just wanted to say that it's an interesting perspective to also be able to know this as the person that you spend so much of your time with. I know I would recommend reading each other's, you know, because there are a lot of similarities oh, cool. that you have, but I think even going by them like side by side, you'll start to see all the areas sure. in which you're different. You know, and it's actually sure. a really big area of difference between the two of you is that like, Michelle, you've got a bit more of a like, like this kind of strong sense of identity in your design, which is like, it doesn't always mean that you know where you're going, but there's like a real sense of self and like, you're like, this feels like me, this doesn't. Lauren, your identity is so vast, always changing, like kind of different people pull out different parts of you. And so part of your magic is not trying to figure out the one thing that you are, figure out your one purpose. It's just like honoring whatever feels the most authentic to you and really kind of giving yourself flexibility to kind of change when it's time. That's awesome. I read that one this morning, actually, yeah. about the fluid personality. Yeah. And I was like, this is so interesting because I can relate to that. I, I didn't, there's a lot of what I read, just like Michelle said, when I read it in my brain, I'm like, this makes so much sense. It does. It doesn't, I'm not reading it going, wait, what the hell is this? And one of my favorite parts about my blueprint that you gave me was the communication part. Mm. I, I, I love the study of communication. I try hard at it. And I was excited to see that I am indeed a master communicator, totally. <laughs> but I'm, I don't, I'm really not, but it felt fun to work on something, knowing that maybe I can excel even more in an area of my life. I already am attracted to, mm -hmm. which is the communication part. And, and to her point about the communication aspect, the part in mine that actually kind of helped me 
overcome some insecurities that I have about, I have a fear and I've talked about it on the podcast and with different people, you know, of not saying the right thing or when I'm saying too much or saying too little. And this sort of reaffirmed to the, like, when you have something to say, freaking say it because it's worth saying and, and other times not, I just, I felt, I felt more confident mm -hmm. after reading that portion, yeah, which was super helpful. I actually think this, the human design, Erin, and it helps a lot with like mental health to a degree. Cause as Michelle mentioned, it, for me, this helps me with my anxiety and community. Like when I was reading about the communication part about how it's okay to just stay quiet, you, you are yes. designed to just listen, observe, and you will be called forward. Someone will get your attention or seek your attention when it's time for you to speak up. And in conversation, sometimes with people, I begin to develop anxieties over, okay, when should I, should I keep, should I make a joke here? When should I pull back? Should I stop? And this gave me this beautiful permission to release that anxiety and just be more calm and just be patient yeah. in the conversation, mm. which was beautiful. Yeah. And it's, I love that you guys share this piece that it's called the open throat center in human design, because it's actually pretty rare to have it. And I think that it, it makes so much sense. You guys are podcasting, but I think that like you guys are both here to be such masterful communicators, but it's not from like, I always communicate in the same way. And like, it's more just like you both have such attunement to like what needs to be heard in each moment when you kind of really release control of what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. And exactly like you said, mm -hmm. it's not about being like, I've got to say a thing just to be seen. It's like, I'm going to sit back and wait for the right moment. And when I feel inspired to share or when I feel invited to share, I will mm. honor that because I think what can be really hard, and I see this a lot with parenting sessions with kids, is like they feel so much pressure to speak with this aspect that they just like keep talking and don't know when to stop. And so it's just like knowing how to like feel that pressure and not react to it. I have a question. Can you talk a little bit about what a parenting session with kids might look like? Because now I'm extra curious. Oh, yeah, I think that, I mean, it's exactly what you said earlier, Michelle, where you were like, I wish that I had discovered this earlier. Like, I just hear that so often in sessions where people are like, often they're expressing their design so purely when they're young, and then they get totally conditioned out of it because they think they're supposed to be something else. And then they come back to their design. They're like, oh, this is who I am. I get to be myself, you know? But I think the earlier we introduce this to people, the better, because you're basically giving them permission to be who they are from day one. And so the magic of doing mm -hmm. family sessions or working with parents is helping them understand how their kids thrive so they know how to best support them. And I love parenting sessions because often the yeah. kids are expressing it so purely. And basically what you're doing is giving them permission and space to be who they are from day one and not expecting them to be like you. Aaron, Aaron, my son has told me four times in the last three days, you just don't understand me, mom. And I need, and it's because we are having battles about like homework. And I have this thing in my mind where he should be, you know, this way and this way and studying and whatever. And, and he's got it. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing him. And I need to have a better understanding of how he works in those situations. So I keep the connection with he and I open. Mm -hmm. I have a quick question regarding that. Do you give, when you do your parenting sessions, are the children involved? And if so, do the parents and the kids, do they see the young ones human design? Cause I'm curious if Michelle had the human design of her two kids, if she read that, would she have a better understanding on how he works and gets things done and how he is as a human? 
Totally. Yeah. And someone will get their kids blueprints for that reason, you know? So it depends on the age, you know, like I think that I, I, a lot of parents get sessions for like their teenagers. Like I'm, I'm not probably not going to sit with a really young kid. And I think that like, but I think I'll sit with parents and kind of help them understand. And it's helping them understand that in a way that they're like, you know, like you're a projector and you're this, but it's just like things that to be aware (laughs) of. And often when I'm explaining it to them, they're like, that makes so much sense. Like they've actually been asking for that. And now I understand why, you know? And so it really just gives them more permission to kind of support them and being different than them. Yeah. Fascinating. Yep. Yep. So I want to rewind a little bit because I have, I do have some like main questions about human design. And the first one is anyone that looks up human design, Erin, they're going to get their, their human design type, but then they're going to see this crazy ass graph here. That is so <laughs> so weird looking. Yeah, so, so weird. Like a NASA drawing of a spaceship. I, I don't know. There's triangles. To to there's beautiful. shapes. I know. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's beautiful because it's so mystical and it's a complete mystery. Can you give us a rundown <laughs> on what the hell this graph is? Yes, I know. It's so cool. I though. know. I have to. I even have a warning on my website before you look it up. It's like, by the way, it's gonna look weird. You know, um, because some people look it up and they're like, I don't get it. Um, so, uh-uh. and also we can put a link in the show notes, but you can look it up at erinclairjones.com slash look up. And so, you know, I think it's really a map of how the energy is moving in your body. And so when you look at that chart, it's revealing like, where are you most sensitive to other people? Where is your energy most consistent? What are your strengths? You know? And so like you, and, and the areas that are white in your design are where you're taking in other people's energy, the areas that are colored in mm. are where you're kind of drawing your own energy, the things that are more consistent within you all those little numbers that you see represent different qualities, the different colors have different meanings, some things you're conscious of, other things you don't see in yourself. So there's just like so many little (laughs) details. And again, human design is not predictive. It's not going to tell you that this thing will happen in 10 years, but think of that Mm. exactly as just like a a map of how your energy moves. And so my intention is always, not always to like teach human design, because I know that can be a bit confusing for people, but more um, or not everyone's going to want that, but more like what information do you need to know about that chart that you can actually use in your life? So based on my chart, do you have one of our charts I pulled have up by any that. chance? Are, what is this called? What is this chart? Is this just called the human design chart? It is. It's also called the body graph, but I usually just call it a human the design body chart. Graph. Yeah. Do do these, are these, do these represent like the shapes down the middle, like down the trunk of it? Do those represent like the shock? or something yeah similar so human design um draws from many different systems astrology the chakra system kabbalah quantum physics genetics like to kind of all weave together into this kind of giving us a blueprint of how we operate at our best but yes there are nine different energy centers so um and those do represent most of the chakras there are two additions but those are very similar and then they're kind of the energy centers in our design mm. and that's so when we mm-hmm. have oh, i'm sorry go ahead And so basically that's like how we handle stress, our communication, our identity, like how we, our work energy, our emotions, like those are kind of the meanings that each of those centers carry. Interesting. And so the dark ones that are colored in are where we are pulling our energy from or where our energy is going. And then the white ones is where we're pulling in other people's energy. Yes. So basically the colored in areas are basically just the areas that your energy is operating more consistently. So for you, Lauren, it's very much your gut, your kind of energy, creative energy to make things happen very strong intuition and also your kind of drive and ability to like handle stress and pressure. 
all the areas that are white okay. in your design are the areas where you're taking in other people's energy. So you're really sensitive to other people's emotions, you know, ideas, opinions, communication. Whoa. And so really kind of understanding how to work with those is in the blueprint just to kind of help people mm-hmm. know how to deal with their sensitivities and not see it as a weakness because it isn't at all, but more like it's such a potential for wisdom when you really kind of learn how to work with it more powerfully. Fascinating. What about Michelle? Yeah, I want to know mine. Also, I want to know if I had an energy healer once tell me that I am blocked the hell up in my sacral area. Does any of that align with this? And also, Do you see that? there's a lot of white in mine. In both of yeah, she white. just has one colored in. She has yeah. two, but I think that the both of you are so sensitive in so many different ways. Um, in terms of you, Michelle, with the sacral, I mean, that's kind of the most important part of your design. Like, because that is an energy that's operating really consistently within you, which is your gut feeling. And you're designed to make all decisions, both of you, based on your gut feeling in the moment. And so if you're not trusting your gut, if you're not following your gut, so many physical kind of things can happen there, you know? But if you're trusting your gut, following your gut, you might find a lot more flow there. And so your sacral and your human design is like the core of your decision-making, you know? And so having a strong connection to your gut really is the thing that kind of always will move you in the right direction. Okay. Very cool. Thank you. Erin, you've been implementing human design in your life and teaching it and, you know, working with others. How has human design changed your life now from when you first were introduced to it? Yeah. I think that like, I think of human design. Yeah. I want to know what were you doing? Yeah. What were you you doing doing before? before And like, where were you? How did you said that you weren't living in alignment? Like, what did it feel like for you then? So I was, I was living in New York still. Um, and I was, you know, I started, I studied entrepreneurship in college, like impact driven entrepreneurship. And I really worked in lots of different startups, kind of in community, biz dev, like just any position that involved people. Um, and so when I first discovered human design, I was working with a lot of different companies and it's not that I felt I wasn't unhappy. I was just like, this isn't it. You know what I mean? I was like, cause I was way more interested in the people than I was like in what we were building um, and how they could function better together, which is why I loved human design so much. So I think that I could just feel like a little bit of resistance. Like I was just like, there's, this is like, not, it doesn't feel right. And so that was kind of the feeling more than anything else. And I think what human design really did is it just gave me like a tool set to actually create opportunities in a way that was really aligned for me, you know? And so being invited into human design, which is such a natural thing for a projector and then really taking my time to feel into it. And it's really shaped how I've done everything. Like it's shaped how I've built my business. It's shaped how I've like entered into my romantic relationship, how I market myself, how my day-to-day looks. Like human design is a, a, we use, we can use it in every decision we make and how we show up in every single way. And so I think what it, it's really offered me is just an awareness of how I operate at my best. So I ha- kind of have an eye on that every single day so I can kind of use it to keep coming more and more into alignment. But I also think one of the areas in which it's been the most transformative is around my relationships, because by understanding my partner and my parents and my friends and my collaborators, I've really been able to just have so much more compassion in my relationships because I start to understand specifically how different they are than me and how to really kind of work with and support them. And so I think that it's, it's made me feel so much more connected by understanding how different we are. So I think that it's, it's really transformed every part of my life. Like I think that it, my life looks almost like unrecognizable where it was then compared to where it is now. Mm, um, that is cool. But it is a journey. It's not like you read your human design, you're like, got it. I'm living it today, you know? But I think it's like <laughs> more, it's just like 
one decision at a time, like continuing to kind of trust yourself and continue to do things in a way that works for you. Because I think so often we are trying to build businesses or partner or collaborate in ways that we've seen work for others, but don't actually work for us. And I think what human design Mm. does is it really lets us know like what our roadmap is so that we can actually like move those things forward in a way that's really going to work for us. And I think that's the most important piece. And so like, I feel like I've been able to do it all, build a business, like build a relationship in a way that's felt really good for me, but also in a way that I hadn't seen modeled by people around me. Now, speaking of building your business, share with us exactly what Erin Erin Claire Jones is. What kind of service do you offer to folks that are looking for human design reading and, and information and education from you? Yeah. So you know, our business is quite simple. Um, I think my intention always is to just make human design as practical and accessible and empowering as it can be. So um, three primary offerings. So offer the blueprint, which you guys both got, which is basically a kind of book to your design, walking you through all the most important pieces in a really actual way. It's not meant to be a teach you human design, but more give you what you Mm -hmm. need to know about your design. Um, I offer private sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions that kind of help people know how best to operate individually and also collectively. And then I also offer monthly workshops called Flow, which is an intimate group experience to kind of support people in moving from resistance to flow in their life using human design. And there's a lot more down the pipeline, but I think a a tenet of our business has always been just simplicity and not doing too much. Um, But those are the main offerings. Oh, that's the opposite of we do. We oh like to do God. way too much. So I'm <laughs> more, more, more. We like to say that we we bite off a little bit more than we can chew there, sometimes. There we go again with us, you know, following our creative but, interests. <laughs> I, but I will say though, is that at some point though, Erin, is that Michelle and I do follow our gut that when we do get overwhelmed or when we find ourselves really kind of just putting too much on our plate, we have those talks where we say, okay, listen, this is too much. We have to, you know, pull back in, in certain areas or skim this or skip mm-hmm. this partnership and yeah. move, you know, move forward with this one. I'm really excited to see how I can implement so much of my blueprint to my not even professional life, just my daily life. Yeah. And I think of all the places that I struggle are in this more regimented day to day living situation for myself so that I can be, can function at my highest. And I feel like when I don't have that structure is where I don't function at my highest. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I'm getting that kind of wake up call Mm -hmm. saying like, you got a lot going on. Maybe this is the tool that can help me be a little bit more proficient in my time and energy. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I think that that's true for so many of us, you know? And again, like, I think it's just like really being like, what is actually going to work for me? And also what kind of support do I need? Because none of us are meant to do everything, you know? Um, One like very simple tool that I would recommend for both of you is because you guys both have such strong gut responses, it's useful to ask each other very specific questions. Because if you were to ask each other, like, hey, like, Michelle, like, what do you think we should do about this? Like, Michelle could probably talk about all the possibilities of that thing for like an hour. But if you were to ask Michelle, like, do you want to do this? My guess is Michelle would be like, nope. Yep. You know, like, it's so Mm -hmm. simple. Like when you give each other really specific options, Mm -hmm. it allows you to drop into your gut almost immediately to be like, is this thing right or not? And so like, I think that that also could make your communication so much more efficient and just like support you and really trusting and tapping into that gut feeling because the gut never comes with a reason. It's like, it feels right. It doesn't, Mm. don't know why. Well, I trust that I'll find out why later. Something else I loved about your blueprint were, were the suggestion pieces. So every time you 
shared with what we are designed, how we were designed. There were suggestions on how to practice, like to practice realizing our design. Do you suggest that when we like read a portion of this, if we, if we get to the part about like, you are designed to be an empath sensitive to the feelings of others, that we would just kind of like try one or two of these, I don't know, like a week or how would you, how do you prescribe human design? (laughs) Yeah. I think that honestly, like in the same way that human design reminds us that we're all designed to be different, everyone's path to integrating it will be different. Like I have people that bought their blueprint three years ago. And like three years ago, it was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And then like, you know, a year later, they're like, oh my God, this makes all the sense. Now I'm living it, you know? So you just like can't <laughs> yeah. really predict when it's going to land. Um, I would say like, I would just read through it until like one thing feels really present for you. And like, you're like, ooh, I really mm. feel this one. And then I would kind of look at the suggestions and maybe kind of read those over every day that week to kind of keep reminding yourself of what those things are. Because again, like, I think, building it into your awareness is going to make you start to see it in every part of your life pop up. I just have a selfish mom question about my twins because they're twins and they were born on the same day in the same place, but obviously their time is not identical. Is there like any rhyme or reason to how similar or dissimilar they might be based on those three things? So their designs will likely likely be very similar because they're born so close together. Um, My reminder for you though, is like just because their designs are similar, in no way means that they're the same. Like, because how they, oh, they ain't. Yeah, because how they express it can be <laughs> so different, you know? And so it'd be so interesting for you to dive into their design because I imagine you can see it in both of them in different ways. So I think human design, again, it doesn't yeah. tell us like how we're going to use our energy, but more like how to assess how to use our energy and how to kind of like know what path is right for us. But how we actually express that thing can be radically different. That was a Love cool that. question because okay. that's, yeah, I want, I was wondering that about times and who was born same time and date before we wrap up two last questions for you. And I should have asked this one at the very beginning, but I know people are going to wonder, cause I wondered where the heck human design came from. Mm. Can you give us a brief history of it? Absolutely. And I also meant to mention before we started recording that I'm happy to offer a discount code for the blueprint for your audience, if you would like. Um, so if you oh, would, that's heck, amazing. Yeah, they yes. Would, yes. Okay. So in terms of where human design came from, so it's been around since 1987. The founder's name was Ra Uhuruhu. He's no longer alive. Um, basically, it has a very mystical origin. He was in Ibiza and was walking home one day and heard a voice. And the voice was like, it's time to work. And so for basically eight days and eight nights, he kind of received all this information and then spent the next 20 years building it out. And so like, and and it's just wild, you know, and I think that I work with so many companies and so many skeptics. And so I think my reminder for people is always not like the questioning, like, is this true? It's more like, is this useful? Is this supportive? Like, does it feel resonant? Um, Because the origins are really mystical. And the way that he received the information was like, this is the first system of its kind. It integrates a lot of different systems. Like I was sharing astrology, Kabbalah, the chakra system, quantum physics, genetics to kind of give us that blueprint. But I think, again, my intention is less around convincing people of anything, more just giving them kind of the tools and the Mm. framework to kind of really assess whether it feels useful for them. And I feel like when it's presented in that way, often the most skeptical people are like, okay, this really resonates. Tell me everything. Mm -hmm. Right. By any chance, did Rue know where the voice was coming from or did he ever find out who was speaking to him? Mm -mm. No. So much. It sounds like he was like, to me, I'm like, I just go to spirit guides and channeling. I don't know. Oh yeah. It was a very channeled experience. Yeah. You know, for sure. And it's, and it's, and he, he was such a funny guy. You know, he was an advertising executive before this. Like he's just like, (laughs) he he was amazing to listen to, you know, but I think that um, it was definitely not his plan. 
you know, and, and I, I so appreciate him as kind of an initial channel too. But also like Cuban design has transformed a lot. Like I even will listen to ways that he talks about things and I'm like, that could not, that could be said in a much more empowering way, you know? So I think that there are a lot of beautiful ways that it's being translated out into the world to make it accessible to like a much more mainstream audience. Aaron, before we wrap things up, how can we find you? Why don't you tell our listeners how we can find you and what they should be signing up for so they get all of this information from you? I am Erin Claire Jones everywhere. So I share a lot on Instagram at Erin Claire Jones. My website is erinclairejones.com. And um, I'll also be hosting Flow Workshops next year as well. And the discount code will apply to the workshop as well. Thank you. Amazing. And by the way, we love your Instagram account. We love all of the, oh my God, I love Michelle's obsessed. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Well, this was a real pleasure speaking with you. There's so much to learn. I always feel like when we hang up these conversations with folks like yourself that have so much information to share that we always only just get like the tip yeah. of the iceberg. So we always, you know, when we, when we love our guests, we always hope that you'll come back and join us again and talk about human design um, and share with our listeners everything that you know about it. Cause it's truly so fascinating. Mm. And I think it's going to help us knowing more about ourselves oh yeah to work together mm -hmm. and just function everything. yeah function on a different level yes. Aaron, thank you so very much my pleasure thank we you guys so, so much. appreciate you tuning in from new york and we hope that you'll join us again soon absolutely thank you guys ho ho holy cow michelle christmas is right around the corner it's time to start shopping. It sure is time. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the type of shop where I can find both the outfit and the gift. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. We're too busy to be going from store to store around here. But lucky for us, our favorite boutique is right down the block, Vintage Charm. Oh, talk about reducing some of the seasonal stress. You know, I hear that. And beyond the convenience factor, Vintage Charm is one of the cutest curated stores ever. It's so festive and their inventory is endless. I'm obsessed with their velvet knotted headbands and their holiday platters. Such cute gifts, but at the same time, I want it all for myself. Same, I worship their dresses and so does everyone else every time I wear one. Whether you live three blocks away like myself or clear across the country, you can totally shop online or in the store. Yes, and be sure to use our code, the Sister Project 15 for 15% 15 off of your entire online or in-store purchase. This code is good for one purchase until December 31st, so be sure to get your gifts and holiday outfits taken care of all at once. You'll be happy you did, and so will your to-do list. And remember, when you shop at Vintage Charm, you're supporting a small, local, woman-owned and run business. Mm, happy holidays! Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at The Sister Project and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy.